0: Welcome to the Transformation Goddess Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm your host, Shan VanderLeek, founder of TransformationGoddess.com. The intention of every Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. And today it is my pleasure to introduce you to Deborah Riebel. Deborah L. Riebel, PhD, empowers women to connect with their hearts and live authentically through her transformational Soul Hearted Living program and podcasts. Deborah is the author of Soul Hearted Partnership and her new book, Being Love, is scheduled for release in 2016. Welcome Deborah. It's a pleasure to have you here today.
1: And I am honored to be here with you, Shan, on the Divine Feminine Spotlight.
0: It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You know, I love it when I get to interview and and share a divine feminine spotlight with somebody that I know. Um, And having worked with you now for gosh, it feels probably longer than it is because I feel you know we have that gorgeous soul connection. I'd love for us to start with you sharing a significant transformation and transition that you've experienced that you think is going to be supportive and helpful for our listeners.
1: Well, Sheann, just being here today on the Divine Feminine Spotlight on your uh, Transformation Goddess uh, and talking with your Transformational Goddess program and community is really something I had never seen myself doing. And and the reason is I've always felt like I was so detached and disassociated from my feminine Energies, my feminine body, my sensuality, and my sexuality for such a long time. And so just to even be here talking as a goddess <laughs> blows my mind because I never saw myself that way. And what I want to bring to the listeners today in the, in the Transformation Goddess community is that we all are goddesses, even those of us like me, never saw myself as a feminine entity or or energy in the world. Um, And this started when I was a very little girl. I was one of those young women who developed her body very early in life, starting at the age of 10. Well, I was one of those tomboys. I played in the woods, and I played baseball, and I collected baseball cards. And I've hung out with the boys most of the time. And so I had this strong masculine energy. And when my feminine energies in my body started to develop into this very curvaceous goddess body, I was was full of shame. And that was the beginning of my going undercover uh, with my feminine side until the age of about forty seven oh. and <laughs> it was even having two children started to un unravel me a little bit in that in that particular area, but I still never got in touch fully and the event that really brought me into myself and into my femininity was the diagnosis of breast cancer at the age of forty seven and it rocked my world, because I thought I was doing everything right as far as I was healthy, I exercised, I meditated, I was practicing this spiritual life and living my life in a transformational way. When I went for a a routine mammogram and they asked me to come back and they found um, cancer in my right breast. So it started this whole transformational journey of why was I harboring this kind of resentment and anger and shame in my body and it was centered around my heart center in my breasts so I really had to take a look at that very deeply and started to go deeper into what was what was the energy block there what was I holding back what was I not getting in touch with And part of it was I was a caretaker. I had been a nurturer and caretaker all my life since I was a little girl. And my mother disappeared when I was eight and I had to take care of my two brothers. So a lot of my energies were going outward. But I didn't realize just how little was going inward and how little self-care, even though I thought I was doing everything right, was going toward myself. So that became a journey of what I would like to call, you know, precious self-care. I started to cherish myself in a way I never had before. <sighs> and it wasn't just by the book. This is what you do. So having breast cancer brought me to my knees. And and when I feel my body now, I'm so in gratitude for that experience because coming to my knees brought me into my sacred feminine energy, my sacred feminine spirit in a way I had never been before. So I've become more accepting of my body. I've become more in touch with my sensuality. It's transformed my my sexual relationship with my husband. It has transformed the way that I, I love life and I make love to life because I used to just cut that part off right. because it used to bring so much shame into my into my daily life. So I would just pretend that I was just this (laughs) kind of entity that didn't have that side. And now it's, it's become one of my precious commodities.
0: And that really leads us to the, the next question that I wanted to ask you is, now that you've, you've moved through this transformational time, tell us how you relate to your body and your sexuality and your power Coming
1: into terms with my body really started um, as well, not just with the breast cancer diagnosis, but I started taking dance lessons around the same time. And I've always been a, uh, ruled by music and dance. As a little girl, I would just be very free-spirited and, and sing and dance and just move about The earth, in a way that I felt like I was uh, a little fairy. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) And and, uh, when I started taking dance lessons, I started to feel myself free, this energy inside me. And I began with salsa. And I did that purposely because salsa has such a deep, soulful sensuality to it, just in general. And as I started to get in touch with this energy inside me and I would move my body i would I would feel this this feminine wisdom just coming up from me. I would move my hips and i would I would just get lost in the experience of how my body was moving and I started to see that it was moving naturally that it wasn't something i was I wasn't learning steps I was unleashing this amazing energy that was already there and so and I started dancing alone, and then my partner, Douglas, joined me, and I, we started to do tango. Well, that was a whole nother level.
0: <laughs> I bet. I bet. Whoa,
1: did I go into my sensuality on that one, because tango just, it's, it's that interaction between the two dancers, and I felt my feminine energy just coming to life and moving from my body into his body and then outward into the world. So it was just this beautiful dance of making love.
0: Mm. It's amazing how many women I talk to refer to dance as a big catalyst for change in their lives. Is it this this awakening that occurs when we allow ourselves to get lost in the music and and just move the way we were meant to move. It's
1: so liberating. It's to free yourself in that way. And singing is also another way that I do that. I've been singing all my life, and it was one way that I could get in touch with my voice, my own truth, especially at times when I didn't feel I could express myself very well. Because one of the things that I did as a, as a young child was after my, my mother left us, I stopped expressing my heart, my ex- my feelings, even my own experience of myself, because I was so afraid of feeling anything. So I numbed myself to those feelings. And when I started to sing in um, junior high and high school, I became very, very vocal <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and joined many choral groups and then on into college. I was actually a music uh, vocal minor in college. And I just started to feel this this energy through my, my voice and my and that energy around the that energy center of our voice come through and it was a way for me to express what was not being expressed elsewhere. Right. And so singing still is a very big part of my life. Uh, And I I love all kinds of music, but I love music that I can sing to. And my daughter teases me because I'll break out in song in the middle of the grocery store. And she'll go, (laughs) like, that's (laughs)
0: fine. We we have that in common. I I embarrass my daughter quite often. I feel like uh, I could break into song at any time. Depending on, depending on what, what's going on. And all of a sudden a a song will pop in my head. And I love that. I love that there's always a song in my heart. I might not know which one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do too. You know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's fun. And, and again, my, my teenage daughter's like, where is that coming (laughs) from? And then I caught her, um, the other day, she did the same thing, you know, and I thought, ah, ha, ha, passing yes. that along. That's good.
1: <laughs> well, that's a good role model for The other, um, the other ritual and experience that I've, I've had recently in the last, I'd say five to seven years, um, on my 50th birthday, I went to Istanbul, Turkey, mm. and I had the marvelous, and it was miraculous actually, experience of of going into my first homin bath. And in their culture, the women gather, and men too. Usually there's, there's co-ed and there's separate homins for men and women. The one I went into was for women only. And I spent my 50th birthday, first of all, by myself in this amazing, tiled, beautiful uh, mosque-like building, which was full of steam. And I laid naked on the tile of this dome, I remember. And it was the first time I'd ever laid naked on anywhere in a, in a very secure place where I felt okay with that. I didn't cover up or I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, someone's going to see me. You know, and these were just women that were coming in. And I was able to finally accept my body in a way that I could just be and not experience shame. Oh. And the women started to come in quietly into this very reverent sacred space. And I watched them just come in so naturally. And as they unrobed, they would take these uh, beautiful copper bowls and fill them with water and bathe each other with oh, sponges man. and you know, essential oils. and. I got to participate in that. And that was that was such an amazing, sensual experience to see women caring for not just their own bodies, but for each other. And then this beautiful energy of community. People, all the women were talking about their lives and sharing, and it was so sacred and so safe. And from that moment on, I have used bathing as a ritual to remind myself of, the releasing and the cleansing of all negativity or toxins from my body but also as a renewal for the acceptance of my body just the way it is in this moment. To cherish my aging body that I'm, mature, I'm maturing, um, you know, perimenopause and that's a beautiful place to be and to just bring in that experience of, I like to call it my mermaid experience too because I'm so drawn to water and to be in my element.
0: I just love that story so much. It makes me want to buy a ticket and (laughs) head over over to Turkey. (laughs) What a gorgeous, life-changing, incredible experience and memory to have forever and always.
1: It certainly was, and it changed my life. It changed the way I, as much as I was still getting in touch with my body at that time, and, and becoming in love with it, that experience brought me into making love with my naked body in life, mm. just being able to share this beautiful body and sensuality and, and essence just by being with other people and being with myself.
0: Right. Let's talk more about some of your favorite sacred feminine rituals. Well, I
1: participated in one this morning. Well, it's a, it's a series of rituals that I I engage in every morning. And many women do this. Many men do this. But for me, it's the, it, again, it's creating the sacred space um, and honoring that. As I open my morning, as I wake, I want to set the tone for making love with, with life, for living soul-heartedly, which is living heart and soul, that soulful energy coming through my heart into human experience. So the first thing I do before I even open my eyes, well, is take a breath and put my my attention at my heart. Sometimes I'll just touch my heart with my hand and open in gratitude and gratitude not necessarily repeating a series of things that I'm grateful for, I do that as well, but holding the space that the space of my heart becomes the blessing of everything that's ever happened in my life that comes together at that moment to be the catalyst for moving forward so i open my heart in the blessing of gratitude and when we are in gratitude or compassion or love of any kind nothing else can coexist in that space the energy, the vibration of that experience transcends all of that. So it sets my day in that direction. And then I light my, I get up, I light my candle, and I put my intentions out for the day for the next few days, week, and year. Um, I also have a uh, lovely wish keeper on my altar where my candle is and Mm. in that wish keeper are all my intentions so sometimes i'll bring them out and just remind myself or i'll either write another one and put it in and that was a beautiful gift from my friend linda joy and it helped give it form those intentions but the most important thing about intentions for me as a ritual is as i move through my day it's not just about saying out loud what it is I want to bring in. It's about really being aware of the choices that I'm making and do they resonate with that intention. And the most important intention for me always is to live on purpose in every moment. So am I making those choices? Am I using my energies and time to align with that cho- with that intention, which ultimately is my soul's journey?
0: Wow. And you really embody all of your teachings and every conversation that I've ever had and any work, any of the articles, the books, the, the way that you, the way that you show up, Deborah is so, it, it really is from that gorgeous space. It really is from the, the sacred life that you've created that, it, you're just so congruent and it's really uh, a a wonderful mentor to so many.
1: Shan, I have tears in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you're bringing me to tears because what I want to share is that's not always the way it's been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what women need to know. My sacred life today is is been on the shoulders of many other women who come into my life later, not ones that I would have thought like a mother, but women that I never expected to come in and bolster me and take my hand and say, you can do this, Ah. you can heal, you can transform. And it's not always easy, but it can be done with ease. And that's the feminine flow. That's the feminine spirit on the planet is that that's what we're bringing to this moment. And if every one of us, as a woman, as on this earth, transformed in that way, this earth would heal itself. It wouldn't wouldn't take anything else.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I thank you for that acknowledgement because it just, it makes my heart
0: sing. (laughs) (laughs) What comes up for you when you take in the phrase, walk in beauty. When I
1: first saw that phrase, walk in beauty, a picture came to me and it was this brilliant, open heart of light just coming from it. And what what came to me as through my intuition was through my feminine spirit, I am divine grace in motion, and that's how I walk every day, and if, if I'm not walking in that essence and that energy, then I pause and, and go inward and say, what's going on, because that's how I want to show up and make those adjustments and make those tweaks and do whatever I need to do to keep that consistency and that continuity and coherence in my life.
0: So that's really a dance with awareness and mindfulness and consciousness. Yes.
1: It's being conscious of, and not self-conscious because that's where I, I came from. And as we talked earlier in this interview, the self consciousness made me hide. I went under wraps. I didn't right. want to show up in the world. I was afraid that other people would make fun of me or shame me, and that was my experience early on. I was bullied terribly, as I, as I mentioned in, in junior high, because of my body developing so quickly. So when I walk in beauty now, it is about accepting this beautiful goddess body, which I. I'm in touch with and knowing that I can be vulnerable and that that is strength Uh and that vulnerability leads me to courage. And that courage is what brings confidence. And so right now sharing my story with all of you is bringing me into that vulnerability, but it's making me see how strong I am. And that's
0: what I want to walk that path every day. Mm. And you do. Let's talk about the inspiration for what has now become your life's work. And there's so many areas that we could focus on. Take us where you'd like to go and, and teach us a little bit more about how you're choosing to show up in the world and be of service to others.
1: Well, I began uh, with my first book, first to write, which is the first section of the book, is to write about our relationship with ourselves as being the primary relationship in our lives. I like to tell people that I'm in a relationship, I'm, I'm dating myself, or I'm in a relationship with myself, first and foremost, because that's where the foundation is for every other relationship in our life. And... Through the writing of that particular book, I I spent almost 13 years writing that book. It took that long to get this information out of my, the download <laughs> to my heart, which was the soul hearted into my human experience, which is then the physical. Um, the second book isn't taking as long, thank goodness, but it was It was my own declaration to myself, so that's why it took so long for me. As I was working on the book, I was also transforming my own life. And then I took that concept into partnership where we can be with another person and and not just intimately, but a friend or a family member or a co-worker or a group of people like what we did with our Wisdom of the Midlife Woman and Choosing Happiness books where we consciously merge our energies and these energies synergistically become one energy that goes out into the world so it's it's this beautiful alchemy and so when we show up as our fullest expression of ourselves on on the planet and someone else does well that relationship is more than the sum of those partners You get more than that one person or another person and you get this beautiful energy that starts to vibrate at a level that starts to transform. And that's what this next book, Being Love, is all about is recognizing we don't have to work at it. We don't have to try to be worthy of love. We have to know that we are love. We were born as love. We are the essence of love. It's our birthright. And when we come from that space, we come from that energy, and then we join with others, this is how we're going to shift the consciousness on the planet. My work is all about that. I'm in love and compassionate service to individuals as well as dedicating my life to the service and the transformation of this planet.
0: And I love that you could just continue to add additional layers and platforms in order to reach as many people as you possibly can. Your your new podcast or your fairly new podcast is amazing. And I know that it's growing and more people are coming in contact with you through your great work at your blog, your website, your podcast, your books. And uh, I, I just thank you for, for doing the work that you're doing.
1: Well, thank you, Shan, for giving me the opportunity to share myself and my mm-hmm. work with with you and your audience, it, it's again it's a loving service that I am here.
0: Tell us about your love offering for our listeners and readers.
1: I have a new four part meditation sacred meditation series, and there are four, uh, twenty There are three twenty minute meditations and one five minute five-minute meditation, and they I like to call them heart openers. So the first three are about opening the heart in ways to get in touch with your authenticity, to listen to divine guidance, and to be able to open and express your beautiful self into the world. And then the fifth, the five-minute one is just for when we're in our busy day and we just need, we find ourselves getting a little bit rattled or stressed and we need to just come back to center and center in our heart. That five minute one is lovely just to, to do that.
0: It really is. I've had the the honor and pleasure of listening and relaxing and really losing myself in the, in the flow of, of this offering. It's gorgeous. And for listeners, you can receive that, gorgeous gift on the web page that accompanies this interview, but you can also visit Deborah's website as well. And And what is your uh, website address, Deborah? It's
1: www.DebraRiebel.com.
0: Fabulous. And we'll have a link to that as well. And then is that the best place for our readers and listeners to contact you? Yes, it is.
1: And there's a uh, contact form that they can fill out. If they want to reach me personally, it'll go directly to my email.
0: Oh, fabulous. Well, it's been just so good connecting with you and having a conversation about the significant transformation that that you've made in your life and how you have, by choice, learned to live from your heart and through this soul-hearted partnership and the way that you show up and and support so many to do the same thank you so much
1: you're so welcome shannon this was an absolute honor to to be on your program today and i truly can say now i am a transformation goddess
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes you are thanks for listening to the divine feminine spotlight you're invited to join me and 16 of the world's female visionaries, artists, teachers, healers, and goddesses who are stepping into the circle to dive deep into their personal experience and share how they've learned to walk in beauty. Join us for this deeply profound global event and receive divine feminine wisdom and valuable love offerings to help you walk in beauty. Visit GoddessTalkSessions.com and step into the circle.